What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Get Your Bell Rung football podcast. He is Kevin Reynolds. I am Bobby Wall, and we are here to talk all things football and hit you with some takes that might rattle you up a bit. On tonight's show, we'll dip our toe into the water of a few different topics. The Pro Bowl, maybe just for a second. We got some coaching changes. Uh, a lot of teams hire some new head coaches. We will talk about the championship game weekend. And we will also get into our way, way, way too early top five fantasy running backs. Kevin, how you doing, bud? Hanging in there, brother. You and I both. Yeah, man, are- we're both. At the yeah, we're both a little under the weather, right? Yeah, we're both here at the beginning of a, of a mild cold, so we'll, we'll do our thing. We'll hang in here. I'm on the way out. Um, I will say my voice. We I wanted to do this Tuesday, and yesterday would have been would have been okay, maybe. Um, but uh, my voice has been struggling, especially being a teacher. I'm trying to project my voice um, every day, so it's been it's been a struggle. But I, I think I'm okay. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Gotcha. Yeah, my start is a sore throat and some massive drainage last night, and now uh, just endless snot bubbles and a sore throat still. Awesome. So we'll see where she goes. Yeah, man, we start a show. We got to make it gross or sad or something, right? It's always something. Okay. Luckily, we're uh, so, so beautiful, it counters it. Well, it's only if you watch the video. Well, we're still beautiful, whether you watch the video or not. That's hard to argue. Um, first off, dude, the Pro Bowl, I know that they're changing it up this year, which I appreciate. I actually just watched about 20 minutes of the quarterback um, accuracy competition, and honestly, it's not bad. I can at least watch it. I refuse to watch one second of the actual Pro Bowl yes, because it's not real football. And not that these, you know, skills competitions are real football either, but it's a, it, it's at least relative, and it's laid back and relaxed, and Peyton's there, and Eli Manning's there, and so they make it interesting. But, um, dude, when it came out this week, and obviously players are, you know, they get hurt, or like Josh Allen says, I'm not playing in the Pro Bowl, but then he's going to be golfing at Pebble Beach. Which, you know what, good for you, live your life. But when I see that Tyler Huntley is taking his spot in the Pro Bowl, I, I do not care for one second if I look at your career and it says that you are a Pro Bowl player. Now, if it says you've been in the Pro Bowl 10, 11 times, that's different. But when Tyler Huntley retires and he has one Pro Bowl nod, I do not care. Jameis Winston, Bailey Zappi, Mike White, Colt McCoy, Desmond Ritter, Gardner Minshew, and your boy Joe Flacco all had more passing yards than Tyler Huntley in less starts. He had two passing touchdowns on the season. Two. He only started six games. Why is this guy a Pro Bowl player? So you don't know why he's a Pro Bowl player? Yeah, please enlighten me. So it's almost primarily voted on now by other players in the league. So I, I did some digging this week when this all happened because I think it's as ridiculous as anybody does. What many of the players do, because you can't vote for anybody on your own team, So what a lot of them do to help votes for their guys is they'll intentionally vote for a bunch of dudes that have no chance. So instead of them voting for Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and blah, 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 they vote for your Tyler Huntley's of the world who just happened to end up like ninth or 10th in votes. And since so many people ahead of him are going, he gets in. It's like that whole thing where you think, say for prom king, 
it's going to be a joke and enough people vote for like the ugly duckling. Well, the ugly duckling en- ends up winning because that many, so many people vote for him just to screw up the stuff for the other people. And then this is what happened. He should have not been there. He knows that anybody knows. All you got to do is look at the stats. Uh, but it happened because again, voting flaws and the fact that nobody cares about this stupid ass pro bowl or now the pro bowl games. Yeah, there it is already. That might come out a Three few minutes. Times, right? Well done. My biggest issue with the Pro Bowl is that Jalen Ramsey was named an alternate this year, or was an alternate and got named. And it sucks for him because at the Pro Bowl, it would have been just like the regular season. They don't play any defense. So it would have been perfect for him. I'm glad you looked at it. I, I didn't know that stuff, so I'm glad you, you dug a little deeper into that because it at least makes the ridiculousness make sense a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, the players picked him, and they picked him as just some pick pick a guy that, you, that isn't going to make it so that your guy, to keep down the votes of the better ones, you know, those fringe, you know Allen, you know Burrow, you know Mahomes, they're making it. It's those guys that are like four, five, six, seven. To keep their votes down, you just vote for some loser. And next thing you know, he's at the Pro Bowl games. I'm going to lobby next year to be a write-in. I wonder if they'll take write-ins. And everyone, the players will look at these ballots and be like, I've, who is this? I've never heard this name before in my life. And they'll write me in. Arwa Esquire. Yeah, that's know. it. Got it. Nailed it. Pretty cool. I, I might watch it if you were there. Give me 10 seconds on Tom Brady's retirement. He's the GOAT. He's the best. Um, will it stick? What he should have done, he missed a golden opportunity. He re- he retired yesterday, February 1st. He should have done today on Groundhog's Day. How perfect would that have been if he would have retired again on Groundhog's Day? I don't know. Let me ask you this. Are you sure it's Groundhog's Day? Is it Groundhog Day? I think it's Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day, yeah. Just think of the movie. It's Groundhog Day. It's not Groundhog's Day. It's not a bunch of damn groundhogs. You know, I thought it was his. No, I thought it was possessive. I thought it was the Groundhog. So he doesn't day. own the day. It's just called Groundhog. Puxatani Field, but it's not his day. I think it's National Puxatani Field Day. I think he literally. I think it is literally his day. He is the primary Groundhog, but it's still Groundhog Day. Yeah, I asked for ten seconds on Brady. We got thirty seconds on Puxatani Phil. Brady, <laughs> I think it doesn't matter. He's right, ninety percent chance he will retire. The only way he's come back to something really weird happens in the preseason and some team that has uh, aspirations of winning a championship loses their number one to a torn ACL or something week two of the preseason. Happens to Stafford, maybe. Yeah, those type, that's the only way he's coming back. Yeah. And, and I'm so tired of all these people say, oh, he should have done it last year. He chose football over his relationship. As we've discussed on the show, it turns out that it's probably the exact opposite. His relationship was already over. He knew it. It was done. They'd already filed for divorce. Then he decided he would go back and play because why not? What the hell else am I going to do? Sit around, twiddle my thumbs while she's off slaying it with her trainer and in the Dominican? Listen, Brady has them lined up, not around, literally around the globe. So I don't think he's hurt hurting for company. I know, but he's still Big Pip, and he wants to play football. The funny thing is, I saw so like in his career, he's made like three hundred seventy some million dollars uh, through his contracts. This CBS deal is worth three or Fox, what Fox I think is worth three eighty five. He's going to make more announcing over the next ten years than he ever did playing. Is he definitely doing that? 
Yeah, the, the, apparently the contracts are already signed. It stipulation. Okay. I didn't know they were signed. Was, but he also, I think they're giving him a one year already that he some built into it one year lenience if he wanted to take a year off. He didn't have to immediately jump into the broadcast booth. Um, when it's the goat, you let him do what he wants. True. Should be interesting when he announces. Yeah, I think. I mean, he's either going to be too good to where it's it's like you know how people complain that Tony Romo calls the plays out beforehand. Yeah. I actually yeah. enjoy that part yeah, of I Tony Romo. Yeah, I I think Brady will be great. Yeah, I think I think he'll be pretty good. I'm, I'm wondering who they'll put him with because it's got to be somebody that he won't just completely overshadow. Somebody that it's going to actually make sense. Yeah. Uh, all right, in no particular order, some head coaches that were hired in the past week. Sean Payton was going to be Denver's coach and then wasn't going to be Denver's coach. And then guess what? He became Denver's coach. Yeah. They gave up. They gave up their first the their first rounder this year that they had from the Miami trade for Bradley Chubb that Miami got from San Francisco for the Trey Lance trade. Uh, they also gave up a second round pick next year, and Denver gets a third round pick next year. Um, what are your thoughts on Peyton to Denver? I think that's where we thought he was going to go initially. Yeah. And he ends up there. As far as the talent wise, that was the place for him to go. Yep. Um, Russ, although has not been real good the last two years, and is a little odd. I don't really consider him a diva like I do Kyler Murray. Um, More than a little odd. If he can get his accuracy back and you have that that those receivers man and if Javante Walker can come back fairly early he's the biggest beneficiary of all this because he's now playing the Kamara role but if history's proven us anything unless you're Adrian Peterson you need more than a year to completely come back from an ACL tear right oh well though peterson did that what six seven years ago probably now maybe even more time well, it was flies, longer than that one no it was she's no he tore his acl and he had then he had his two thousand yard season the next year was that 2012 it, it was forever ago some time ago yeah um <clears throat> well that being said i'm not sure who javante walker is uh, but i'm really looking forward to javante williams did i say uh, walker <laughs> you did you i did. need I need to go back. Um, <laughs> I have to do a replay. Um, I will. Yes. It's Who all good. No but, Walker? no, but but seriously, um, Javante Williams, I think, is going to benefit if he can come back and be healthy. Big time. I agree with you, Kamara Roll. They're obviously going to bring in more or at least another running back or two because that's what Sean Payton does, right? You got you. Oh, he always had two guys. You know, whether it be Mark Ingram or, you know, Reggie Bush and uh, was yeah. it Pierre Thomas, I think, for a while, and Tim yeah. Hightowers. There's always been a group of running backs. I think he's going to be able to bring in a great defensive coordinator if they don't just keep the one that they have. Because uh, who's not going to want to work with a Super Bowl winning quarterback, Sean Payton? His name alone is going to draw someone that's going to be a solid DC uh, for them. We'll definitely see what Russell has left. My question is. They don't have a Michael Thomas. Cortland Sutton is not that. Is Cortland Sutton maybe a Marcus Colston? They're at least similar in size. They kind of play a different game. Cortland Sutton's more of supposed to be the downfield 50-50 kind of player, whereas Colston was, you know, slants, hooks, kind of like Thomas. I'm not sure they have that player on the offense, so I'm pretty intrigued to see what Sean Payton does here. Yeah, like you said, they'll get they'll find somebody. 
I think KJ Hamler is he still there? And he they, they he's still there, and he? he just got hurt again, didn't he? He's hurt always, right? But he's a little right. guy. I mean, he's a little speedster. Yeah. Well, so is uh, Michael Thomas. He's not exactly big. Well, he's like what six two, six three, I think. Get out of here! Is he really? I think he's six two. No, I'll, I don't think he's I'll a, look I think it up he real looks quick. so little on the field. Sure. He does, honestly. Yes, I have. When I've watched him play, he's six three two twelve. When I watched him play, I I have thought also, man, this guy does not look large, but he's at least I don't know lengthy. Yeah, this should be interesting. They they're in they're in a tough division, so uh, yeah. I mean, we're we're going to find out here real quick. Is it is it Sean Payton and his system and coaching style, or is it just that he had Drew Brees for a long time? It's going to yes. Yep. It's going to be put up or shut up here for him and Russ, both of them. Uh, next one, D'Amico Ryans, the now former defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers to Houston. I'll be honest, man. I don't know about this one. He's young, which is that's all the rape now. We hire all the young guys. He's a very successful defensive coordinator, but that guy had tons of talent to work with. Nick Bosa might be the defensive player of the year. I mean, he had a ton of guys, so – it's not like he made this awesome defense with, you know, shabby talent. They they did work in the draft and everything to build up that so, defense. So you feel he should be penalized because they had good players? No, no, not at all. I just worry about uh, his success if he doesn't have studs. But, I mean, but hold on, hold on, hold on. He that we did applaud the Texans for their draft this past season. They yeah. have a lot of young talent there, right? We love Jalen Petrie. We weren't obviously – I mean, Derek Stingley's okay, but, you know, we were much higher on Sauce Gardner, and obviously that was – you know, that came to fruition. But – and Davis Mills isn't the worst quarterback. They got Damian Pierce at running back. They're young and talented. So if they nail this draft – Maybe he has the talent and it won't really matter because maybe he's a good coach and he can he can coach these guys up. I just – I'm a little skeptical. Well, the way I look at it is it can't get any worse. They've had two retread – well, actually, the first one, Cauley wasn't a retread, but he was a 65-year-old first-time coach. He actually did decent. They won four games, one and done. You bring in – what's his face? What's Who's it doing? Lovey Smith. Yeah, Lovey Smith and his wonderful beard. Another retread, one and done, going. So it can't really get worse. I like the young. You know, I hate this whole the retread head coach carousel. Give somebody young a chance. If he sucks, okay, move on. But is it any worse than what they've already been doing? He at least is vested in the city. He played there. He wants that team to do well. Um, you know, I think people will respond as far as players, other coaches, the fandom. They're all happy. I say give the guy a chance. I, I, all these coaches at some point it was their first gig every single one of them had a first gig somewhere some of them work out great some of them they coach once they never they never have a head coach stint again but i don't know i i actually don't mind it i think it's better than bringing in another one and done retread you mean like frank reich who got hired by carolina well he wasn't a one and done though he's only coached really one 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 team and he did really well and then he had a gm that put the screws to him the last two years with this quarterback carousel not no fault of his own um but yeah if if, if reich would go there and suck for two years and they fire him why would somebody else then go get him again it doesn't make sense but no i i actually he i i don't consider him a true retread he was with one team for what six years 
ish five maybe five six. years definitely had a, had a winning record throughout it and then made the playoffs a few times won the division a few times so that's not a retread as much as those ones that do two years here one year there three years here two years there and it just never ends and nothing ever improves five years in indy he had a 40 and 33 record one okay. time yeah and it would and and thing of that it would have been that much better if this year was even 500. This year really put the screws to him. In person, I think Frank Reich's a solid head coach. Uh, he's he's always been well-liked by his players. Four of the last six years, he's had a top 10 offense. Uh, we definitely know Carolina needs uh, some help there. Their most talented side of the ball is the defense. So I think it was smart to go out. Uh, and try to get Frank Reich. He won a Super Bowl as Philly's offensive coordinator, and he is literally the only coach to get anything out of Carson Wentz. Uh, granted, he failed the second time around with Carson in, in getting him into Indianapolis. Uh, but again, I think I mentioned this on the show. I think Nick Foles' success and Carson Wentz not winning the Super Bowl for his team I think Wentz is just a, a a weak person mentally, and he just hasn't been able right. to overcome that. He let that woman come into his okay. life. Stop and it! Just screw Stop. it all up. The guy had the keys to the world, and now look where he is, living in a shack in L.A. His whole family disowned him. Maybe, maybe, because I think maybe. the Panthers they can't stand the, him. No, the Panthers pick eighth or ninth. Maybe Frank Reich will be able to get a young quarterback that he likes to help turn this franchise around. They'll definitely have to trade up. And we'll, and I, I, from what I hear, Dave Tapper, the owner, is willing to do that. So uh, we'll see. But um, I, I kind of like Reich to Carolina. I would just say going into the draft, you really have to think about draft and other members of royalty. They got a lot of other things going on on the side. You stop. You bring stop. them into the NFL, which is a more than a full time job. It's problematic at best. At best. When when does it when when do you, do you stop ever? Is there ever a point where you're <laughs> like, you know what? I really beat this Prince Harry, Carson Wentz thing to death. Is there ever a point where that happens for you? I think as long as he's alive and married to Marco and still in the NFL, then I don't know why I would ignore him. This is now. I'm just hoping that Wentz retires, or is a backup, and I don't. Not going to stop him from being married to Markle. Okay. Um, one of the more confusing <laughs> moves for me was the the Cowboy. Actually, you know what? It's actually not that confusing because I feel that the Cowboys firing Kellen Moore is a stupid move. It's the beginning so, of the end. So many, oh my gosh, agreed. Because so Mc, McCarthy, they came out straight up, Jerry Jones, Jesse, and his press cards. McCarthy will call plays next year. We might bring in an offensive consultant, uh, but he will be calling plays. Like, great. Welcome, yes. welcome back to 1998. Let's go. Here we go. As an Eagles fan, when I read that, I was, I'm, I'm not kidding. I laughed out loud. Like, I was just laughing here. It is perfect. This, this team is going to go. If if they go nine and eight, they will be lucky next year. Yeah, they will I, I be lucky to have a winning record. I just don't know why he didn't just clean house and then just open checkbook. Just hand hand it to freaking Sean Payton. Here we go. I know. He, and, he, and so here's the deal. One, 
this is interesting because one play for the Cowboys, they had no time left on the clock. They were going to run some silly play where you pass the ball and you do all these laterals and stuff like that. And they put Zeke at center and he snaps the ball and he gets destroyed. And everyone's like, make fun of like, Why would you put Zeke at center? Well, that is a four for me. That's a forward thinking play. That's a coach, Kellen Moore, that's thinking unlike other coaches. Because every time you see this play happen, at some point in time, the only person next to the guy getting the only person ready to catch a pitch is an offensive lineman. Yep. No, you don't smart. want an offense in that situation. I don't want an offensive lineman catching the ball. If I can get my most athletic, now granted Zeke's a lot, he's he's falling off the cliff. But if I can get running backs and wide receivers and tight ends on the field and no offensive linemen, I have a chance to move the ball every time that thing is pitched. That was such an ingenious thing. And I can't believe it hasn't happened yet. That just shows forward thinking for me. And they go out and they fire him and they give, like you said, the keys to this old head who has no idea what he's doing. Kellen Moore is probably like, oh my gosh, I get to work with Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler and Mike Williams. What a dream. Kellen Moore was unemployed for what, 10 minutes? Yeah, the whole thing makes no sense. But you always got to have a scapegoat. You got to have somebody to blame it on. It it makes little sense. McCarthy. uh, One thing though, they're getting a lot of crap over that play call. The fact is, when it's the last play of the game, you've got 78 yards to go and you must score. The chances of you scoring are there about one in what, about 100,000? So regardless what play, it probably wasn't going to work. But yes, you're right. By having him in that position, it gave them somebody with some athleticism to, to get the ball. But now then, of course, he's going to have to lateral to Dak. So it's still not going to work, but he just got straight trucked, and then the play never even got started. So got the know. ball out. It's just Dak threw it to the guy who uh, Turpin, <laughs> who had a defender. You have a mute button for the sneeze in case you were wondering. Too quick, buddy. What do you think? He went to Turpin, who was had a guy draped on his shoulders already. It's, yeah, it was but, also again they weren't going to score anyway. People were acting like it was you know, right. third and third and goal from the seven it was freaking first and goal from their own 22 with four <laughs> seconds with four left. seconds left they weren't scoring anyway but huh. people like you know that your your florios of the world have to make something out of nothing but your relationship with mike florio Not is good. so baffling to me well you hate him so much however i'll give you credit you do give him credit when he deserves it. It's it's very interesting how much you hate him, but also in some circumstances have respect for him because he, he makes decent points. Every I, I'm, I'm all for giving people credit when it's yeah. due, but yeah, 98% of the stuff he says is just BS. It's just crap where he likes to, to start things that just are imaginary. And then when nobody pays attention to it, he doubles down, triples down, quadruples down, just keeps going and going with this stupid crap that nobody cares about. It's all this really liberal left type stuff he wants to turn football into then on the other hand he wants this conservative approach to football blah blah he he just talks out of both sides of his mouth it's just irritating i don't know how he's still employed because i can't believe roger dell hasn't put a hit out on him some of the crap this guy says you i mean he essentially works for the nfl i know and but yeah he rips them at, they were the dumbest things 
All right, sir. Uh, not a lot to go over with the NFC and AFC championship games simply because they've been over for four or five days. Um, for the NFC, this is the first one. Philly won 31 to seven pretty handily. Um, who knew the key to victory was going to be to run the ball against the number one defense in the world? Uh, did not see that happening. Not that anyone had any great statistics, um, but several guys, was it Hurts? Um, Gainwell and Miles Sanders all had 40-ish or more yards on the ground. Miles Sanders obviously scored twice. Uh, Jalen Hurts wasn't great, but he didn't have to be. Uh, and if you, this is one of those games where we've, we, you know, we look at them and we're like, how did this team score 31 points? And this is exactly one of those games because the yards were low for each individual player, but they did what they had to do. And everyone great field position. Out, they didn't have to go right. very far. Right, and everyone is doing that. Plays right into what I'm about to say. Well, they played the fourth string quarterback. Then, the, yes, you're right. They did. However, Purdy wasn't actually the third string quarterback. Technically, he was. If you look at the depth chart, <clears throat> but if you look at the statistics, he was the best quarterback that San Francisco had all year at almost every stat you look at. And I'll be honest with you, the way Philly's defense played, I don't care who was the quarterback, they were going to get wrecked. Because not only did they take out Purdy, the best quarterback the Niners had all year, they took out the backup. So I don't care who you brought in. They were dominant, and they played in that backfield constantly. That defense is scary. Hassan Reddick is a maniac and could easily be defensive player of the year. Um, the college, one thing I don't understand. A college walk-on. Hassan Reddick, a, a player that Temple. did not succeed in – Right, it, right, and he's back in Philly. Walk, right? Of all teams, Temple's not exactly a football powerhouse, and he was a walk-on. And he went to the Cardinals as a first-round pick, and they could not figure out how to use him. He went to Carolina last year on a one-year prove-it deal. He proved it, and Carolina was like, we're not going to pay you. Philly said, come on, come on in, big fella. We'll take this. The one thing I don't understand is that when your quarterback has a torn UCL and cannot physically cannot throw the ball and your backup comes in and gets absolutely wrecked and concussed, why do you not put Christian McCaffrey and or Debo Samuel in the backfield and run the Wildcat? Because that's your best that's your best offense now. Yeah. You can't put Brock Purdy in there and have him hand the ball off because now it's 11 on 10. It, at least if you have Christian McCaffrey or Debo catching the accepting the snap at least it's 11 on 11 at that point but you're outnumbered when you put party on the field because nobody cares nobody know we can't throw and it made that it was sense. one thing i did not understand yeah, it made it sense and, and this is going to change i think a lot of how teams are going to go into playoff games now um another thing with it is mccaffrey was a high school quarterback he can at least throw the ball there's at least that 10 percent chance that you can't just let you know, IU run on by you 30 yards past you because he can get it to him. When you're down 28 and all you can do is run, like physically, that's all you can do. You don't have anybody to throw. And in, in an NFL defense, I don't care if it was the Eagles or the Texans. If they know you're going to run on every single play, you're done. And they kept trying this stupid end around with Debo. He's losing seven yards every I time. Like, what are he ended you up with negative nine rushing yards. Slam it up the gut so you might get lucky and at least not lose seven yards every time. So I had a talk with a friend of mine, Ian, at, at skating last night. My daughter's ice skating. They have skating at the same time. Um, and, and we talked about this whole thing. Teams are either going to have to now say, look, when we're going into a playoff game, we have to have three dressed quarterbacks. 
I don't yeah. care if it's just you, you. It means you take some third string uh, special teams guy, dump him. I, I don't care if the NFL says you know what for the NFL for these games you get a fifty four slot. It's for an emergency quarterback that will come Whoa. dressed. He can only enter the game if the first two guys are ruled out, not because they're having an off day, not because of this and that. Only he get he can only touch the field if he's hurt. Sort of like hockey does with the goalie in the stands. Okay. So are you familiar with that? With the NHL? Uh, kind of, yes, kind of. At, yes. at every stadium, the NHL has a guy in the yeah. stands who's a legitimate goalie. If the first two, if the first two goalies on both teams are injured, this guy, they stop the game for all 10 minutes. He goes and gets dressed, and whatever teams Whatever team it is, he's not on yeah. one of the teams or other. Whichever team needs it, he puts on their the pads for them, puts on their jersey, and he's a goalkeeper now. He's playing in the NHL and gets a one day contract. There Dude, was a big story about a guy who did that. The problem is, this was a bad look for the NFL. The Eagles were winning this game anyway. That wasn't going to affect that. But it's a bad look when you've got the one of the three biggest games of the season broadcast to the world. And it's like watching a high school team against a pro team. It was just, it was stupid and not even so many. I looked at the stats, the numbers of all the people that once that happened, the, the, like the viewership numbers cut in half. Real quick about the hockey thing. There was a story a few years ago where that happened and the guy came in and shut out. Yeah. The opposite. It was like some minor league it, hockey player that they it got out of stage. We ended it up getting a contract. Pass. Yeah, it's shut out the other team. Yeah, he yeah, was no longer that. just the goalie in the stands. But that's a real you thing. Like it really does that. So yeah. I'm not saying the NFL should do that. You have to have a guy that knows the offense or that's just have some guy that can chuck a ball. That's not going to work. But why not have your practice squad quarterback dress for the game? He only plays if the other two guys are going. That's it. I tell you who I tell you who you could have. Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's his Fitz. career. Bring him to every game. Have him, have him stand sit there shirtless. in the stands with his beard. <laughs> Like I said, like we said, Jeff George, put Jeff George out there. Like you, you said last week, Jeff oh. George could still stand there flat footed and chuck the ball 60 yards in the air. Doesn't matter okay. that he's in his upper fifties. Just anything other than that, because that was stupid. It wasn't it wasn't really watchable, is I guess the word I would use. I'll tell you one thing I like about you before we move on to the AFC championship game. And uh, you know, don't take this to your head. But um I appreciate I, – and I don't know if this was a, an original thought on your part. Maybe you heard it somewhere. Maybe you heard something and elaborated on it. But that's forward thinking. That's something that is extra that needs to happen, and I haven't heard anyone say that anywhere. No, that was so, me straight up. I was thinking about that the other day. Dude, that's I it. Told Ian that's last it, man. Night, and he's like, what a great And Ian's idea. a diehard hockey guy, and he's the guy that reminded me of the hockey the, – I'll give him that. He's the guy that reminded me of the goalie in the stands. Um. And I'm like, same type thing that wouldn't work in the NFL because all a goalie has to do is sit there and stop pucks from going to the net. An NFL quarterback needs to – if you don't know the offense, what are you going to do? Um, but anything is better than what we saw there. That was that was like a, a nightmare for really? the NFL scenario there. A team in the yeah. NFC championship game with zero quarterbacks. I know. Ugly. I, I, yeah, it sure was. Um, AFC championship game, Kansas city wins this thing 23 to 20 on a last second field goal. Uh, what a way for a game to end. Uh, although man, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Excuse me. I don't buy into all that stuff, but, uh, as much as you hate, and you've said this probably on the show, definitely to me, uh, off air, but we hate the refs having 
a big hand in how this and how a game turns out. Even in the regular season, we don't like it. Boy, the refs had a big and we talked about this during the Eagles game, but it ended up being one, it didn't matter, but two, it didn't even come close to how big of a, a role the refs played um in this one. And one thing they got right was uh one of the last plays of the game. Uh I can't uh Asai, yeah, the Joseph defensive Asai. player for the Bengals, Joseph Asai, what, right? What he, he hit I know, he hit Mahomes way out of bounds. He was almost past the white stripe by the I time know, he pushed I know. it. I know. However, we have to keep in mind one play football, the ultimate team sport. One play does not lose you an entire game. Should have never plenty been in that, of opportunities. Been in that position. Right. Right. You like exactly. You had plenty of um opportunities to make sure you weren't in that position. One thing that's interesting is if you remember a few years ago, Kansas City quote, and I don't mean this literally, but lost the AFC championship game um, with, uh, was it Chris, Chris Jones? Wasn't it Chris Jones? Oh, that, yeah, uh, had a, the uh, phantom a, head of the helmet or, or late hit. or Yeah, 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 something against Tom Brady, right? Phantom, no, but he, he was a phantom offsides on that play. He was offsides by like yeah, a yeah. billionth of a, of a millimeter. And so instead of them losing the ball, they end up driving the field and winning overtime. Right. So they lost one. Because of it. And then they win one, sort of because of it. But here, look, why are you not double teaming Chris Jones? I mean, this dude had two sacks and five QB hits. I You know your offensive line's beat up, right? You know that going in. Why are you not helping your poor backup offensive lineman with one of the best D linemen in the league? It just... There was a lot went on this game. The the refs unfortunately played a big role in Kansas City's benefit most times. Um, it just was a neither one of these. And neat, the NFL came out with egg on their face after both of these championship yep. games for different reasons. No, hundred uh, percent. You know, I talk about it a lot with you. If after a game, all everybody's talking about is the refing. That's a problem. That's not good. No. It should be the it's half the memes after the game shouldn't be the head referee getting the 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 conference championship game MVP award, or yeah, him and Mahomes trading jerseys. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what. I love. Yeah. <laughs> and, and as much as maybe those things were legit, I guess they were. It just looks so crappy about the way they went about it. They don't really. Uh, they they no uh no, no way of announcing to the crowd like explaining what happened. It's just sort of eh, you get some extra downs. That said, that that extra third down they got, they punted three plays later anyway. It wasn't a, this drastic turn in the game, but it was just bad all around. And another thing I'll say about poor refing, though, going back to your point, if you don't want it to come down to one or two poor refing calls, then play better, so that those those calls don't matter as much. If you're going to leave it in the hands of the refs, then you're going to maybe lose. Uh, that said, I think a big thing people are not looking at in that game was that I've seen many places is the Bengals losing Tyler Boyd early, I think really hurt their offense because he's somebody they can really rely on and teams have to account for him. I really think that that affected them. But overall, he had a big game. Great game. He did until he got hurt. I mean, two catches for 40 yards, but right they the were bat. important. Both were for full. I'm sorry. Both were four first downs, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that, that really put a hurt on them. 
I think in the Super Bowl, though, if the KC D-backs, I had texted you this during the game, can't play better, they're just going to get eaten alive. Sneed should be back. He's in the concussion protocol. But uh, I don't know. It's a, it a fun game to watch. Could have went either way, but just left a bad taste in your mouth when it was all over, no matter who won. Just too, too, too much poor officiating. And most offensive linemen, now there are a few out there like, you know, rookie for Seattle, Charles Cross, when he came out, everyone, you know, applauded his pass blocking, but said his run blocking suffered. He's sort of the anomaly because if, if you have an offensive lineman that, you know, you're suffering injuries or whatever, and your offensive lineman, you know, you like the Bengals were, they had three backups in, right? You'll run the ball. Because it's it's usually easier to run block than it is to pass block. It's a lot less thinking. Um, you're moving forward. You're making contact quickly. You're you you are the aggressor as opposed to the defensive lineman being the aggressor in a pass blocking situation. Yeah. That being said, that's exactly what they did against Buffalo. We, we talked about how Joe Mixon has been terrible most of the year and was a stud in the snow against Buffalo. They didn't hardly run the ball. At all. Samaje P. Ryan had five carries for 22 yards. Joe Mixon had eight carries for 19. They just gave uh, up on it. Both teams why? did the same well, Right, but that's right. But when they did that, Joe Burrow took five sacks. Run the ball. Get like Make sure your quarterback is protected. And every game's different, right? If Joe Burrow doesn't have time, you're not going to win a ball game. Joe Burrow needs to be able to find those receivers, and he's great. And I understand he stands in that pocket sometimes to a fault, but you got to get the run game at least try. I mean, was it 14 car- 12 carries? 14 13, carries? 13 carries for 41 yards. Hell, Burrow led them. He had four for 30. It's one thing, you know, if Justin Fields or or Hurts or somebody leads your your team, but when Joe Burrow's your leading rusher, that's that's typically not a sign of a – of a positive outcome. It sure, it sure isn't. Um, all right. So, and we will get into our Super Bowl breakdown next show. If you are ready, I am ready to move on to our way, way, way too early top five fantasy running backs for next year. Go for it. And I will say before we started, now we do not know who we are going to put on this thing. We we don't compare notes. We don't talk about it. We do it on our own. And then right before the show, we see what we got. That being said, I think four of our five running backs are the same. That's correct. Uh, so that was not on purpose. Um, but one thing I, I will say is that only one running back remained in the top five from uh, two years ago to this to this season that just passed. And there were zero running backs who were repeaters in the top five uh, from 2020 to 2021. So not many. It doesn't happen. They're, they're usually, historically speaking, aren't too many running backs uh, that will repeat uh, as top five finishers. For me, my running back one, Christian McCaffrey. He's been a running – he was a running back one this past season 12 times. He did it on two different teams. Um, and besides two eight-point weeks, he was never below 13. So, so consistent for you. Uh, he's the best asset in football. I don't have a lot to say. He runs it well. He catches it. If he's not running, you have 37 yards rushing, uh, but he might have seven catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. So he's the, the only, guy. He, he, 
the only he's my, number, my one. number one. Yeah, he's my one. The only knock you could even put against him, although this offense was made for him, the problem is Shanahan against. I saw some stats today that when Eli Mitchell is in the game, McCaffrey averages like eight less points per game. And he was actually outrushed when the games Eli was healthy. He outrushed him as a whole. Now Eli doesn't get all those passes, and that's where it can really catch up. But I don't know if it's Shannon Hannigan's being Shannon Hannigan's or if he's actually is a sick genius and he knows, look, I'm going to maximize McCaffrey, not by getting him on the field for 70 snaps, but by actually giving him a break because I got this horse over here. Granted, he's only going to play three quarters. He'll be out for five weeks. He'll play three quarters, out for three weeks. But I could play Mitchell for three quarters here or there and really give this guy a rest. That's the only knock against him. Other than that, you're right. He's the best weapon in football, hands down. I don't know that there's really even a valid argument anymore. McCaffrey was much, much better when Eli Mitchell did not play. Uh, but also a lot of Eli Mitchell, I mean, some of these games. Look, the 49ers won, what, 12 games in a row? Yeah, and that's some, yeah, some there, of there Eli's several, playing the right. whole fourth quarter. Right. So, you know, the not only is Christian McCaffrey not playing in the fourth quarter, but they're running the ball every single play. So Eli Mitchell is able to, you know, to 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 get those stats. But, I had um, to try to find something to to knock him down right. other than his sure. endless injury injury uh reports. But the craziest thing is that McCaffrey, who has suffered injuries the past two, three years, was fairly healthy for a team notorious for having their players yeah. be injured. Odd. But it makes sense because he's not. It's not like it was for the Panthers, where he gets forty touches a game. Now he actually has a chance to rest. Oh yeah, for sure. That's going to cut um, down on some of those injuries. Yeah, and they have other players. They have Ayuk. They have Debo Samuel. They have George Kittle. He doesn't have, have to get the ball every single play. No, he does not. Who's your RB two, my friend? I put in Eckler. I told you before the show. It's merely only because well, he's won this year and was what two last year. Yes. But until he stops, it's hard for me to kick him out of the top five. Um, what? Who's our boy? Kellen Moore will be his new offensive coordinator now. So that I don't know if that's going to give him more opportunities or less, but I can't imagine it being less. This guy's a machine. Why would you take the ball out of his hands? Um, and I actually think, unlike some people, I think he's better when Allen and Williams are healthy. It opens up everything for him instead of him just being the focal point of every defense. So I, I still see him top five. He might not be two, but they like said until he shows me that he can or they change the offense drastically, I don't know why he wouldn't still be top five. Uh, it's funny you say that because Austin Eckler is the guy who did not make my top five. I know. I was surprised me, when I saw that. Uh, I know. For me, and usually I need a guy uh, to do things twice. And once they've done things twice, uh, then I can get on board. For example – Jamar Chase. I did not have him in my top five by the time the season rolled around last year because he dominated as a rookie. I just need – he did a few things, um, you know, his big plays and all that stuff. I wasn't sure he could repeat them. Dude, granted, his end-of-season rank wasn't great. His points per game were great. But he did it twice. I'm back on the Jamar Chase uh, train here. Why? Why not – He's led the league Here in touchdowns go. two years in a row. Uh, uh, and that's why. you have a why. different rule for him? Uh, yeah, because touchdowns are so fluky. The reason he was a little lower for me this past season 
is because I knew he wasn't going to score 20 touchdowns again. To be honest, I thought he'd maybe 11 or 12. He got 18. He he proved me well wrong. Okay, he didn't get 20, but he got darn close. It's just so – I couldn't see him doing it once. I definitely can't see him doing it for a third year in a row. And if let's he, say – If he had listen, five let's, less touchdowns, he still would have been number three. If he'd had six less touchdowns, which means he still scored three. 12 in in my, in half, in my half um, point PPR with no bonuses or anything, he'd have been RB5, which is still right there. Still right yeah, there. Still, I yeah. get he'd it. have been still four in mine. Right. Right. But I just, it's so hard for me to think he's going to score all of those touchdowns. And listen, if I'm wrong on Eckler again, good. Good for him. So for Eckler, it's three years. Everybody else, it's only two. Yeah. Dude, maybe it's a Tom Brady thing. Like 10 years in, you're like, <laughs> this is the year, man. This is the year he falls off. And then at year 19, you're like, nah, I just can't do this anymore. I don't know. It, maybe it's Derrick Henry. Maybe Austin Eckler is a tiny, a miniature Derrick Henry, where he's Derrick Henry's 29 years old. Is he ever going to fall off? It's hard uh, for me to it's doubt coming. it. I don't it's going to come. But the, maybe Tom Brady's 45. I mean, yeah, that's a completely took, different position. Took, I, I just don't understand sure. why you use different criteria for different guys. I mean, was it because two years ago he had 95 receptions and this year is 107? You didn't care for that? Uh, yeah, but he scored less points. Yeah, but I mean, the stats are there. I, I just don't understand how you I can just. I can understand if you don't think he's going to be one, but to just kick him out of your top five seems crazy. Right. So, so you, you said you said six. Uh, I think he's seven right now. But but you said you said Derrick Henry's a different position than Tom Brady. Well, Austin Eckler's a different position than Jamar Chase. We'll see. And look, when the season starts, maybe he'll be RB five. Maybe he'll be RB four. Well, we're going to change As our minds between now and August yeah. anyway. Right. Uh, my RB2 is Nick Chubb. From his rookie year, he was RB16, RB7, 9, 11, and 5. He has always been an RB1, except for his rookie year. He is just about as safe as a pit of a pick as it gets. He's in a run-first offense. He has a quarterback that theoretically should open up running lanes, which he's never had. Um, I'm actually not sure that uh, Deshaun Watson can do that. The crazy stat, though, is having quarterbacks that don't open up running lanes, and you know Chubb's getting the ball, he's never averaged less than five yards a carry in any season. He's a third-leading rusher in the league. He was 22nd in snap share, but forced more more missed tackles than anyone else and had the most breakaway runs of any other running back. And guess what, Kevin? I don't know. Maybe there won't be a Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is a free agent. He might be gone. We might be able to have a Derrick Henry situation in Cleveland with Nick Chubb, and that is glorious. Maybe. You know I'm a big Chubb fan, but there's just something about the Browns in general that I think is it's just torpe- torpedoing this guy's. I know. I, uh, there's about 30 other teams in the league I wish he, I'd rather that he played for than the Browns, and I think I he might be number one every year then. I didn't. I don't have him in my top five because the end of his season, week eighteen was huge. But other than that, it's just the way they use. It. Actually, he was still getting a lot of touches. It's just 
They just the whole offense. Bad. So what it's happened like was when Jacoby Brissett went to the bench and Deshaun Watson came in, the entire offense yep. plummeted. Just four the whole thing. passes. The whole thing. Yeah, because he went week 13, 8, 6.9, 10, 10, 12. Uh, that, to me, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to score like that and still get the top five. Now, he did it because his first half of the year was freaking sick. Um, I, I, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the guy. He's in my top 10, but man, right now sitting here in February, I can't put him in the top five. Not, not the way they use him. If he puts up numbers like that, he's not going to be top 25. That's the best thing about fantasy, man. You you can have all the stats in the world to say your guy is number two. And you have all the stats in the world to say your guy is number eight. Yeah. I'm rooting for the guy, except for when he's playing. right. My number three. Yeah, sorry. My number three is last year's or this past year's running back 15. And that is none other than Travis ETN. He is the lead back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He had the second most carries on the team. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. The second most carries on the team was James Robinson, who is now a Jet. So he's not even with them anymore. Uh, ETN had six 100-yard games, including the playoffs. 255 touches, but he only had five touchdowns. There's only one player that had that many touches with less touchdowns, and that was Alvin Kamara. Uh, (laughs) Your favorite phrase here, Kevin, positive regression is coming for ETN for touchdowns. He was ninth in red zone touches among running backs. He was eighth in total rush yards. He only had five touchdowns. He's in an ascending offense with a quarterback who is a superstar in waiting. I think this year, Travis Etienne, as long as he stays healthy, takes off, my friend. So I'll just piggyback on that. I actually have him at five. I like it. Um, it. Up and coming offense. He's going to start getting way more opportunities to score. I think he's going to go from 35 receptions to about 70. Everything points up for this dude. I can't think of a single thing that says to me, this guy is pointing down. Is he the new Austin Eckler? Nah, I don't know if they'll go that far. I don't know that they'll ever feed him the ball that much. 70 catches. Two years ago, Eckler had what? Yeah, he might. 70 but catches. I don't I don't think Doug Peterson has ever really been known for running such a hardcore one-back system, has he? Because even when in the shady years, things like that, other guys were on the field endlessly. Your Jordan Howards, various other guys, weren't they on still on the field a little too much to put up those kind of numbers? If Jordan Howard was on the field for the Eagles, he was on the field too much. Okay. Well, that may be, but <laughs> what I'm saying is Peterson, I don't know, will necessarily do that. And we don't know if Kellen Moore is going to do that anymore for Eckler. That's a big question more for Eckler. It seems stupid 100%. that he wouldn't, but he might not. He's run a two-running back system in Dallas for two years straight, partially because his overpaid old running back sucks, but he has played two guys pretty evenly split. Uh, yeah, I hear you. But you know what I'm doing right now? I don't. I am looking up some stats for Doug Peterson. And he did not have LaShawn McCoy on his team. Oh, he was gone before he ever got Yes, there. his running backs were Ryan Matthews, LeGarrette Blunt, Jay Ajayi. So we don't know, Doug Peterson, if he had someone Never like that. Never had a true lead back. Yeah. Yeah. So now, now we got some questions here. Well, I hope he does well. I've got him in my top five, and you know I'm a 
I'm this closet Jags fan now. So <laughs> you're not in the closet anymore, buddy. We're all out there. That's true. We're all we all came out of the closet. So he he could do well. My number um, three, yeah. I'm looking for the big bounce back player of the year, Mr. Jonathan Taylor. One year riddled with injuries. I see these things where they talk about his his points per game in healthy games. Well, we can say that, but health matters because if you're not playing, it's getting me a zero. So uh, we can pretend that doesn't matter, but it does. But I think having a new regime, if they can just get a decent quarterback, uh, anything going there, he should have a bounce back. He can stay on the field. He's just, he's just too talented to not if he's on the field. And we get, I mean, we're talking about, you know, decent quarterback and all that stuff. Can we get a decent head coach? Yeah, I mean, is Jeff Saturday going to be the guy? Good he's grief! Just, I love third, Jeff a, Saturday. I know. In a third interview, I know. Um, the one thing about Jonathan Taylor, and you mentioned about the injuries. This year was literally the first year that he's dealt with injuries yep. in his career, his entire career, high school, college, the pros. He never missed a game. It's just wild. This year was a hopefully, hopefully a fluke, and if it was. Yeah. He, sh- he shouldn't be your RB3 or my RB5 because that's who he is for me. He needs to be RB2 right behind Christian McCaffrey. I'm really wondering now where we are with the season, where he'll go next year. I, I still can see so many people. He'll still go in the first round in so many leagues. I think he'll be top five. Easy. You'll yeah. have Christian McCaffrey. You have Austin Eckler. You have Justin Jefferson and maybe Jamar Chase. And then I think you go Jonathan Taylor. You know, if you can Stuff somehow get to. him at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round, don't ever leave that league. In 2021, two years ago when he was the number one player ever, from week four to week 15, we're talking 11 weeks, he was never lower than RB10. And he was a top three running back on the week six times. More than 50% yeah. of 11 weeks. This dude was so... Good. 2,170 yards that year, 20 touchdowns, 40 catches. That's a lot of freaking points, dude. It sure is. All right. Um, my RB4, Kenneth Walker. Hey, he's my four. Okay. Another young running back. And uh, here's the deal, man. Real life. Teams know that running backs are dispensable. They don't draft him in the first round anymore because they don't have to. They draft him in the second round, the third round, the fourth round. Dude, and you use them while you got them. They run them into the ground. And look, if you could do it, do it. This guy might end up as the offensive rookie of the year. He ended up as an RB18. He didn't even start all the games because remember Rashad Penny was a starter there. He got over 1,000 yards by starting 11 of 17 games. He was the eighth highest running back in the league with 70 rushing yards a game. He had six games with at least 20 carries. How many yards do you think he got at least in all six of those games? Don't know. 120. 100. He got at least 100 yards rushing in every single game that he got 20 carries in. And historically, Seattle loves running the ball. So it's especially if they get Geno Smith back again, where the pass is. They will. Right, they should. Oh, good grief! I hope so. The pat they ha- teams at least have to pay attention to the pass. I mean, Kenneth Walk. He was RB one last year, man. Coming out, he was my guy. He's great. He's talented. Let's go, buddy. He, he you know, is my number two. Brees Hall was my one, but 
there's no way Brees Hall is going to be Brees Hall this coming season. The next season, he might be my preseason number one, depending on what the Jets do here. But next year, his his ACL is just not going to be ready at the beginning of the year. He'll, sure. miss, too, he'll miss too many games or be compromised. But yeah, I picked Walker, man. He's he's getting to be one of those guys, like I say, with uh, Debo and Eckler, that every time he touches the ball, I don't know if he's going to knock a guy over, spin around another guy, and then he's just going. Corners don't catch him. He's going. I don't, I've never really looked since hell we did our draft stuff last year, but I've never really looked. What, what's his 40? Uh, if should, my memory serves me right. I should right. actually have it right here. Four, um, four three eight. Yeah, so he's fast. Yeah, I got it right here. Four. He was four three eight. Brees Hall was four three nine. And I don't think we were anticipating that. The guy's five no. ten, two ten. So he's not too big, but he's definitely not small. It's funny. I'm looking at my um, running back ratings from last year, and I had Isaiah Spiller as number two coming out of college. Not that we knew yeah. who where he was going to go. So Walker just, was your three. He was my th- three coming out of college. Yes, this was before the draft. Just looking at gotcha film and reading things about them yeah i had spiller at two interesting i had walker at one um reese hall at two and and i had spiller at three or four i actually had damian pierce at four i'm i'm happy with myself that i had him that high you look at you i'm I'm living man i'm looking at these people i'd have to dig this looks pretty good damn nfl hire us have some people come in that can look at things just for what they are, instead of having to spin everything. I tell you what, Kevin and I will be GM. Uh, we'll split a singular one million dollar salary. Yes, and, and we'll be great. Of course, spend the rest of it on other people. I had Brian Robinson five, Rashad White, James Cook. I even had Tyler Algier in my top twelve. <laughs> All right, sir. You, you got anything else? That's it for us, right? Oh uh, no, I've got. Don't we have one more player? Uh, oh, no. I already no, talked about I was the same Taylor. thing at you I did this year. One guy that on the fringe, for whatever reasons, that you think has a possibility that has not done it yet. He's not done it yet, but could crack the top five next season. Oh, uh, man, I'm not going to go first so you can think about it. Well, well, listen, I this is what's irritating is that I thought you might do this and I had one and I have now forgotten it. So go ahead. OK, so I'm going with Mr. Pollard. Now, so many question marks, though. Will Zeke still be there? With McCarthy calling plays, I don't know. It might be, They might go back to the old leather helmets and have like four guys in the <laughs> backfield. I, it could be the most vanilla, plain, crappy offense ever. So there, and, and with the broken ankle, man, I, I don't know. But if none of that would have happened, I think he would have been in my top five because the dude is explosive. He is freaking amazing, and an offense can run through him. And getting Zeke out of the way, boy, that would just be glorious. So he's somebody that if all those three things can come together, I think he could still do it. I've got two. Ready? Okay. One of them is, and I I think we, we all missed it by a year, and that is Mr. Swift from Detroit. Oh, sweet. I know people Here had him as a first-round pick, but guess what? Jamal Williams. Fan is a fanboy. Listen, I know I love. It's so weird how much I love the Lions. It's so bizarre. Uh, I don't understand. He's done nothing but screw you over. Yet you're still in love with him. Um, listen, he's the he's a toxic ex girlfriend that you just can't <laughs> get away from. Apparently, just, 
I know. It's just he gives you he gives you just enough to make you keep coming back. Uh, but he's so talented when he is on the field. If he could stay healthy, he's got top five potential written all over it. Plus, Jamal Williams is a free agent. They if the Lions are smart, back, they'll, though. they'll bring Jamal Williams back if they're smart. If not, Swift could be the guy by default. If you don't like him, and I'm going to call this guy out because if he is, I will definitely be have egg on my face, be eating crow, all of the uh, metaphors and everything that they say. Cam Akers, because he looked far better than I anticipated him looking. Uh, and I read something just today talking about uh, Michael, Michael LaFleur coming in from the Jets saying, look, we we need to we need to go back to a not a running back by committee, but we need to get a guy, one guy that we like. And Cam Akers look like that guy. He can run the ball. He can he can catch the ball as long as he can get his pass blocking in order. He could be a three down back for the Rams, and the Rams are gonna bounce back. They're not gonna be as terrible as they are yeah. as long as Stafford stays healthy and Cooper Cup stays healthy. They will be much better than they were uh, this past year. So. Cam Akers would be another one. Cam, my biggest thing with Cam is keeping his head on straight. If, yeah. you know, you, you cause yeah. enough waves sooner or later, it's going to catch up to you. But, the dude, you're right. Towards the end of the season, he looked he looked as explosive as any back in the freaking league. He he looked. Oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah. he looked right now. Who was your other one then? Swift. Yeah. So, I just, I still don't understand it. But you're right. When he's on the field and 100%, he's as, he is as good as anybody in the league. But that just happens for two games a season. So you're in a 12-team league. You've got the 10th pick. He's still out there. Would you take it? I'll probably take a wide receiver. Okay. <laughs> Whoever's available. Would you take him back around if he was still there in the uh, for the third pick of the second round? If I had a draft on February 2nd at 8.48 p.m., yeah, sure. Ball. But it's all gamble. It's all gamble. I'm just asking, just trying to get. Feel we got to see how free agency plays out. We got to see how the draft plays out. We have to see if maybe DeAndre Swift breaks his toe walking well, those down are the all, stairs. Yeah, those are, I'm just trying okay. to get a feel for what you feel because I would tell anybody listening, whatever you would pick, take that down two to three rounds, and that's where you should take him. <laughs> Did he average five and a half yards of carry this year? Dude, it doesn't matter what I say about him. You're going to throw out some stat or some other thing about his life. To, to to fit your case, I just don't. Kevin. Again, your two year deal. How many years is it going to take for you to say this guy sucks? <laughs> well, he's been in the year. He's been in the league three years now. So, okay. so three years of not really doing much. Actually, his first year, the last like five games of his first year were great. Since then, it's been not even a roller coaster. It's like you go up this high and then you come straight down and then you just pitter patter along for about four or five miles and you go up real quick and straight back down and then you pitter patter around for four or five miles. This, this is why it's, it's so hard to quit that toxic girlfriend, man. It's it is because those highs are so nice. Those highs are nice. The highs are so like, nice. Oh my God, he got 27.5 this week and next yeah. week he's got the Vikings D coming up and then he's going to roll out and get 4.7. Barely touch the ball. Nine, nine oh, touches in the game. Dude, that's, it's that's it, him man. in a that nutshell. And that's even I when know. he's healthy. That's not even counting how he's always hurt. It's just, it's tough, man. It is very, very tough. I saw a meme the other day a guy put out. 
and it was his like it's like one of those like not so crazy memes. I'm going. Well, we obviously are going to pick. Guess who he picked as his number one offense, and it's not so crazy meme. Number one offense in the league for next year. Who? Detroit freaking Lions. Are you listen to me? Are you ready? Look, listen to this. Look at them. Look at that. Talent. I know. Listen, DeAndre Swift, RB three, RB six, RB four, RB three. Okay. He was also RB thirty nine, RB thirty one, RB fifty five. It's just, it's such a roller coaster, and it, it is. But dude, with him, the highs are so high. Back as good as golf so is low. playing, you got Jameson Williams coming back healthy. You got Amon Ra, who I saw thinking they had him ranked the number three overall uh, wide receiver for this season, not just based on total points, but you know how he runs, what routes he runs, this and that, the offense he's in. You have all those guys, and and. You got Chark there, and this defense is. Oh, Chark's a free agent. Chark's a free agent. Yeah, but I've already read that they really would love to get him back if they if they can get a good deal on him. They've got cap room. This is a team that can make some noise. You're got Green Bay's going to fall up to pieces when Rodgers is gone. Minnesota, twelve wins, but a negative point differential. That's going to be some real regression there. And the Bears again the might be the worst, one of the, the, the two worst teams in the league next year. So Detroit could own this division next year. Yeah. I love it. Let's you know I, what? Let's too. get out of here on that. Let's get out the of here. Lions Jags Super Bowl. Yes. That's, yes. Get out on that. Yes. That would be love awesome, it. folks. Thank you all for listening. Uh, check us out on Spotify, on Facebook, uh, and oh, on YouTube. Absolutely, definitely on YouTube, so you can see our beautiful faces. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, Kevin. Awesome episode. We'll see you in a week. See you guys. I love you, DeAndre Swift. Ugh.